Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. And we are in London today. That's right. What are we doing in London, you might be asking yourself. Well, the London Marathon takes place on Sunday through the streets of the capital of the United Kingdom. And we are absolutely delighted and privileged to be talking to one of our favorites on From the Boardroom to the Locker Room, Luzon Pizier. Luzon, thank you again for your time and welcome back to the show. Hi, Louis. It's such a pleasure to be back. I think you tell everybody that they're your favorites, but that's okay. Don't actually. I promise I don't. <laughs> I'm going to really check don't. you out. <laughs> no, you can. You can most definitely check it out. and You can listen like Klaus does every single night and you'll hear that I say you guys are our favorites. So we've already given you an introduction. You're in London, but let's chat about since last we spoke, which was a short while ago, what's been happening yeah. and what have you been up to? It's been a crazy year, Louis. So the last we spoke, we ran the Two Oceans Marathon, which took place in Cape Town on the 16th of April. And after that, we've been sort of, you know, just training and I've been competing in a few races. There was um, the SA Half Marathon Championships, which was in July. Um, We did a stint on the track in Cape Town later during April, which was also great, a 5K. Um, and we are now in London competing to hopefully qualify on Sunday for Paris 2024 the Paralympics in the, in the marathon. So that's why we are finding ourselves in London. Great race, great atmosphere. I competed here in 2019 and it's really great to be back to be aiming at qualifying again. You know, that keeps us focused on the, on the big picture and the bigger, the greater yeah, goal. Absolutely. So I'm in a Macy from the starts of Bloemfontein uh, running around Bloemfontein campus to Sunday running through the streets of London with 50,000 people must be quite daunting for you. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say daunting. I think it's one of the great things about the London Marathon is the crowd and the way that the crowd motivates um, and, you know, carries you through the race. And it's an absolute privilege to be here, to compete here and to be a part of that whole organization and that whole the race. It's an amazing privilege. I think it's a bit remiss of me for people who are listening to us chatting for the first time. I just take it for granted that everybody knows you and they all do. But for those that don't know you, just remind everybody. I mean, I talk about how daunting it might be running through the streets of London. People will think, well, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Well, explain to us. <laughs> and, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, but I why? Hear I you. Mean, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So let's just explain to people why T, T11 or T12 in this marriage. So in this particular marathon, it's actually quite special. Because, okay, so I'm Luzon, as as you've mentioned now before, and I'm a T11 classified para-athlete, and I competed last year at the Paralympic Games, just for background for people who don't know, because not everybody knows me. Um, and what happened for the London this year was, because I'm the only ambulant, what we refer to as ambulant, which is basically standing athlete, that competes on track as well as on the road. They actually especially invited us to compete at the London Marathon 2022. Um, so we will be the only standing disabled athletes here. Um, so I guess that'll make us T11s because there's not a T12 race. So we can be here in our own right as T11s. Um, and the reason they, they invited us to compete is to broader and to increase inclusivity with regards to the London Marathon. And I think it's such an honor for them to have invited us here. 
Yeah, let's just, I mean, you very quickly breezed over the fact that you were at the Paralympics. You kind of <laughs> forgot to mention you got a silver and a bronze medal, <laughs> one in a very short race compared to the bronze medal in, in a marathon. Yeah, so my combination is pretty unique. It's interesting. We were ourselves not sure if it was going to work. Um, and then it worked. So um, I was fortunate enough to win a silver medal in the 1,500 meters, which is three and a three-quarter laps around the track. And then in the marathon, we were fortunate enough to bag a bronze last year. And you bagged that bronze with a guide who's got lost but joins us now. Klaus Kempen, where have you been, Klaus? I don't have good news for Luzon because uh, last year, this time, I cramped. Now I fell asleep yeah. and my, my <laughs> alarm didn't right. wake me. So I decided I could have offered a few excuses, but I literally overslept. So I do fully, fully apologize. And hopefully yeah, I don't have to apologize on Sunday again. Well, Klaus, we were speaking about it because Design mentioned that you were a little bit tired on the walk back from picking up your race back. And I still made a joke saying, oh, he's most probably fallen asleep. You uh, were not lying. And you, yeah, I wasn't, was I? How are you, Klaus? And I did, I did mention before, and I will tell you as well, because it is the absolute whole truth and nothing but the truth, that the two of you are most definitely the biggest fans of, of from the boardroom to the locker room, and you are my favorite two people to talk to. Well, not you so much anymore because you're late, but otherwise everything's good. How are you? Thank you so much. Um, I must say, I'm the cliche of, 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 of red wine that, or a good red wine that just gets better. But they don't tell you if you just need to keep the red wine out of the sun and, and in a dark room. So that's basically what's happening to me at this stage. I think I need to just avoid anything else. Otherwise, I'm very good, very excited to be in London. I'm very fortunate. Luzon keeps reminding me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for this opportunity. Um, I think, I don't know if she mentioned this, but, uh, it is, as far as I know, the biggest live sporting event in the world. And the fact that you've literally got about, of the 42.2 Ks is absolutely flooded with support. So I'm going to do my job properly in the fact that if you're running on a pace, um, you have to make sure that the crowd do not suck you in and you get to 30 Ks, et cetera. And then you are. Yeah. Totally buggered just because the fact that the vibe sucked you in. So, um, yeah, very fortunate to be here and very, very excited. Hope you wake up on Sunday. Yeah, that's the big thing. Okay, we'd have to put two alarm clocks to wake him up. Uh, We were talking just before we (laughs) we disturbed you and woke you up from your dream. Hopefully it was a good one. The 50,000 runners plus the millions that will line the route how different is it going to be for you to guide Luzon and actually concentrate on exactly what it is you need to be doing? Um, Louis, I think the fortunate thing is, is we do a lot of running and our Bloemfontein where we stay doesn't necessarily have uh, that big numbers when you do a race. But we were fortunate enough to do the Berlin Marathon in 2018, I think. Um, and we started absolutely with the crowd normally uh, we entered through a, a normal system, etc. So I am sort of used to that. Um, luckily, I come from a from a background where I never start with the elite athletes, so I'm used to to starting in batches. This year with comrades, I, I wanted to to run a, a specific time and and ran that from the start. You have to concentrate. Now with Luzon, it's obviously a bit of a, a challenge because you're using two lanes, if I can put it like that. Um, but it's literally uh, at the, at the end of the day, just uh, 
you're, you're running against the clock um, and I think and everything else is just the excuse um, and, and that's the main thing we've got, got our watches and we know what we have to do and, and that's important the rest is circumstantial but we know what it's what's coming up and the um, difference between London or Tokyo where they, where, they, where you literally have a, a table just for yourself it's small things but we know it's coming so we just have to be prepared and know that we have to go grab our own water um, we have to go do so, those little things and we are prepared for that so um, it's uh, like I said it's um, we're not running into any excuses yeah. because we know what exactly is coming and hopefully we can be more or less in front of uh, most of that 50,000 people that's running. Absolutely. Now, obviously, it's extremely difficult for anybody that lands in London to do the 42-kilometer or 42.2-kilometer route. But I suppose more so when you're a guide and the person that you're guiding can't actually see the route. It's not like you can take a drive around the route. So from your point of view, Lazard, Obviously, you we know how much you rely on Klaus as long as he wakes up on time. But when it gets <laughs> to the kind of race like this where you would not have, you say you've competed that once there before, but it's it's completely strange territory to you. Yeah, it is. Um, and I have to say, Louis, it's the ones that I competed here. Obviously, I, I don't remember much of the route. Um, so there's really an amount of trust in the sense that I have to trust him to know what pace to run at what specific time because he can see what's going on and he can see the route beforehand. So in that sense, I need to completely trust his judgment in terms of where to do what, you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it is there is a lot of trust going into this. Um, but every time I've run with Klaus, and I mean, he's risen to the occasion and he's paced and guided brilliantly. Um, I would love to show you our splits for Tokyo. It was spot on. So I, I don't have a doubt in my mind that we will be fine on Sunday. The difference though, Klaus, and both to you and Lazan, is I guess how many athletes were in Tokyo. Not a hell of a lot in the marathon there compared to the 50,000 plus that will be running on Sunday. So it must be extremely difficult, Klaus, especially from your point of view. I know having been at a London Marathon before, not run it, but been as a spectator there, it is so mm. noisy and rowdy and music and all sorts of stuff. And what most people don't know is that there are very specific rules and regulations for you and Lausanne with regards to where you are, that you have to continually hold the little rope between the two of you and you can't be in front of her at the finish etc etc it must make it extremely difficult yeah Louis, i think um we've now realized that me ending in front of his own is not the biggest worry she's normally faster or, or, <laughs> or, or something is going to happen um but otherwise uh, yeah like i said it's like we you sort of know what you're getting into. So we know that potentially we're going to have to do a bit of dodging and I'm going to have to do a bit of pulling um, if somebody suddenly stops in front of us. Um, luckily, from I'm, I'm wearing a, in the South African context, I don't know how to better explain this, but a car guard uniform. Um, in the like sense a bib. A bib, yeah. And it says yeah. guide on there. So anybody you see that's coming from the back, will not they will make it easy and they will if they pass us they will come and they will not sort of bump into me or Mizan. 
the challenge is is if we start catching up to people um, that started to fast and um, because they obviously can't see from the back um, and then we need to guide loose on around them and that's yeah. where the masses uh, it becomes a, uh, more of a challenge however it is as i said we've we've done that in berlin and um, i think that the setting in um in london is, is a bit better in the sense that we're starting at the front of this batch um so hopefully we get people able bodies coming from behind and not too many able bodies uh that yeah. we have to to pause but yeah it's it's still luckily i think the trust is there so much now that's purely Luzon, is that i don't even verbally need to communicate many of the the, the, the physical running a little nudge there and a little pull here and i think if Rossi sees us he's going to call us up for for center positions <laughs> because we can sidestep <laughs> quite well on that oh i, I mean if jock also Rossi or jock sees us and um, we can move quite quickly to the left or right if needs be only thing that worries me class is that this race is synonymous for people getting dressed up in fancy gear i hope people don't think if they're south african that you're running dressed up as a car guard i hope not <laughs> that'll be quite funny it would be wouldn't it just take us through the course and i guess at the same time it will it will help Lazard. is it this year's course any different to years before and uh, not as far as I know, I think it's very traditional in a sense that well, a lot of heritage and it passes most of the landmarks. So for anybody that's ever traveled to, to sort of a, a big city or into Cape Town, those red buses, it's almost sort of one of those routes where the red bus that goes through all the sites, the sites um, and the surroundings. And then obviously there's a certain standard you have to keep if you are part of the major series, the world major series of marathons. You just you can't just uh, pick and choose and change your your route. Um, obviously, there's small logistical things, but I think the route is 99% similar to what it's been for the past few years. Lazan, you were telling me earlier on that the weather is a little bit miserable and it's a bit cold there. Are you expecting that kind of weather on Sunday? Um, Louis, it looked like it was going to rain, but it it doesn't look like it anymore. It's going to be coldish. It's going to be the maximum is 18 and the minimum is 10. I checked actually just before I spoke to you. Um, so it's not going to be hot. It's not going to be Bloemfontein cold, which we are also used to, you know. So it's, I think, I think we'll be fine. And the fact that the race starts a little bit later at nine ish, you know, that makes it a bit more bearable because if the minimum is eight, it would probably be about 15, 13, 15 at nine. If I'm, I'm probably being a bit optimistic, but around about, you know, that kind of temperature. So I'm not too worried about the weather. Um, uh, it's not going to be extreme conditions, except if it pours with rain. Um, yeah. We had a light drizzle in Tokyo, which also, you know, has its good elements in a race. Um, but I think, no, I'm, I'm not too worried about the weather. Something about the routes that's interesting is that there's quite a lot of cobble on the route because of the way that London is is built if I can put it that way. So yeah. the roots does have, um, it's a very flat route. So there's not many up or down hills. There's a few tunnels. There's a, a funny story where we lost a mile <laughs> in 2019 um, under a bridge. We didn't really lose the mile. We just referred to it as losing the mile because we, I think we thought we were on 22 miles. And then when we got out of the bridge, we were on 21 miles. And then, um, yeah, we kind of lost a mile somewhere, but so that's fine. Um but there's quite a bit of cobble on the route, um, and but the route's pretty flat, so so no extreme up or down hills to be expected. Yeah, and a pro- particularly around Canary Wharf, there's a lot of cobbles, as you mentioned. Yes. And then you come up Buckingham Palace, and then 
yeah. uh, that finish line at the end of the mall that mm-hmm. uh, we have seen on television, Klaus, so many times in the last month after the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah. It's going to be an emotional race as well, don't you think, Klaus? Yeah, I think, all respect and without pro or against, I think what a privilege to be able to be in London in these sad times for, for most of the people. But what a privilege, and I think what a, I've got all the respect in the world for the Queen, the little bit I know about the Royals. Um, and I just think it's a great time to be here and and also I, I would definitely if I, if I can just speak for myself and probably my wife that's a big fan of, of um, the royal family is it's going to be an honor um we, we're currently staying um about five kilometers away from Windsor and now that when as soon as we're done here we're planning to to go past the, the castle and just also show our respects and Probably the only way we can do it is running past that and say, what a blessing to be here. So it's definitely not an easy time for the country. They also have huge inflation with gas prices and petrol prices. And so so all problems in South Africa aren't as unique as, as we think often. That we often think. We've been here less than 12 hours and we already miss our country. Um, and it's already sort of immediately comparing stuff. And then you are very privileged to go and you and, and be part of this race because um, I, I I'm I'm relatively sure that there's going to be a lot of em- emotion for for many people um, since we're running very well, yeah, obviously passing Buckingham Palace. So, sorry on the lighter note, Elizabeth just needs to speak Afrikaans to me on the route because I had to sort of Google what is cobble now. Um, <laughs> oh my soul! So. So on, I know we're in England, but uh, can can we keep the language to Afrikaans on the route, please? I would appreciate Hobble that. is a very well-known word. <laughs> Guys, you know, I was asked the last time we spoke, and I really do mean this. It's one of the most popular podcasts that we've had. And we've had a lot. And we mentioned your wife, Klaus, and the number of questions that I've been asked, are you and Lizanne a couple? And even just the banter between the two of you right now, it's amazing this relationship that the two of you have as a professional relationship. And I must stress as a professional relationship, even though from the outside looking in, it doesn't seem like it's a professional relationship. Do you ever fight with each other? uh, No, we politely disagree. Maybe some of your listeners' assumptions is that, uh, yeah, like I think I've, I've said this before, but yeah, she would be so lucky and I would be so drunk. So that will, that will definitely. <laughs> yes. So, um, I think, um, oh, it is definitely a professional relationship. Um, but it is built on a lot of humor and a lot of banter. Um, because when we do have a, a tough conversation and when we do differ, it's quite important that we are able to have a platform to work from and talk about. And if it was just business and just serious, um, it would be very difficult to actually be more serious and have a have a conversation. But I think on that question, I don't know who's on. Am I allowed to mention what happened last week, Monday? Well, you, yes, now, I give you permission. You, you've now already mentioned what happened. No, no, maybe I'm something just... I've, no, but you've now already... Yeah, I'm go on, like, tell us. Like, yeah, no, so I'm, 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 I was also very... Very fortunate to be part in, of her engagement. Um, so Luzon got engaged on Monday to John Ray Bardnos, her long-standing boyfriend. Um, yeah, it was such an honor to be part of that. I feel like a bit of a bridesmaid. Um, 
So no, we aren't. Uh, <laughs> we in just a professional relationship, and I'm very too happy to say that I've got a, I've got a, a what do you call a, a ringed bird next to me on on Sunday. So then the question that I have to now ask, and congratulations, Nizan. Thank uh, you. He's led you to bronze medal at an Olympics. Is he going to walk you up the aisle, or have you got somebody more special than him? More special is, is, is very guide intense. You. I I don't want to future medals into contention, so I, probably my dad. I'll probably <laughs> make Klaus a bridesmaid. He, this morning he asked me, do you have older girlfriends who run? And I said, yes, you. So... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, guys, okay, let's get serious again. The race is on Sunday. Uh, what kind of preparations can we expect uh, from the two of you? Klaus, I know you uh, need some more sleep, which we'll let you go and do in a short while's time. Um, you've, I guess, not yet had a chance to look at the course. You only landed this morning. And thank you for obviously speaking to us so quickly after being on a flight from South Africa. Uh, what's the next couple of uh, days look like for you, Klaus? Yeah, Louis, first of all, again, thank you uh, very much for having us. It's a, it's a privilege to speak to you guys and, and all the preparation you do when talking to us and asking questions. Uh, I get the feeling you know more about this race than, than me, so I will definitely have to do my research. Basically, it's uh, we'll do 8K today. As I said, now we're going to sort of explore the Windsor area now, but very relaxed, almost like a like the cyclists. We're gonna we're gonna drink some coffee and then come back. So a very slow run just to get the muscles. Shake out. Yeah. Yeah. Um Friday is we'll do maybe a proper five K and Saturday just some strides to get the um the tapering out of your legs and to wake up uh, all the muscles we, we needed. Um and then yeah, Sunday morning I think the weirdest thing for us is the is the latest start. I mean yes. traditionally South Africa is a hard thirty start for, for any any race, for any event. Um and now yeah, we've we've got a latest start. So the, the, that's the that's the bigger all the small little other preparations. But nothing more that you can do now. There's nothing except mentally, but physically you can only do harm. In, in the next three days uh, if you try to to do crisis training or anything like that now. So now that's what Klaus is going to be doing. So Lazan, obviously he's going to be doing exactly <laughs> what he's doing. Um, f- from a food point of view, from uh, building up carbs and all the rest of it, how does your next couple of days look? You know, so there's this, people always say you must eat pasta the night before. and But what I found works for me is to, you know, gradually build up your carb intake throughout the week, week and a half prior to a race. And, you know, just monitor and up your intake of water um, and fluids um, because um, that's obviously vital on the day that you are properly hydrated. Um, and so, you know, in terms of that, I've been um, I've been sort of working on just doing that. And um, the next few days will probably be more of the same. I'm keen for a good pizza the night before, so I'll probably do that. And then Sunday morning, we kick off and we go do the thing. Unbelievable. Guys, we wish you the, all the best. I can tell you right now, not too much Afrikaans, class, because if you do and you're not wearing anything South African, there are going to be thousands of South Africans lining that route in London. They're everywhere. You'll see the South African flags, yep. I can promise you. And we'd love to chat to you next week just to get a perspective of how everything went. And from the whole of South Africa, we wish you guys the absolute best and enjoy the race.
Thank you so much, and thank you for having us. Thank you, Lou. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for this edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. We hope you have enjoyed it. Two of my favorite people to interview on the show this evening. We wish them all the best for the London Marathon on Sunday, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow evening, 6 o'clock, from the boardroom to the locker room as we preview another fantastic sporting weekend.